0: today we are speaking with Bill Pazos Hey Bill how are you
1: doing well doing well thank you for uh, for the invite.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bill, I'm excited to talk to you. Bill Pazos is the co-founder and managing director of Air Carbon, which is a carbon exchange offering the lowest fees in the industry and an architecture which will allow the carbon market to expand efficiently and fulfill its true potential and helping meet the world's net zero goals. So, Excellent, excellent uh, discussion and great topic that we're all thinking about these days. But before we get into the discussion on air carbon, tell us a little bit about your background, Bill.
1: Well, I started um, I started my career in finance with what's now JP Morgan as a bond trader um, and then went on to manage uh, hedge funds. Um, uh, it was a relatively small hedge fund that uh ended up being medium sized for, for the current industry, sold out of it at the end of, uh, in around 98. And then in 2000, I discovered the carbon markets, um, built a company from the ground up called echo invest, uh, which became one of the largest aggregators of carbon credits during the first Kyoto phase. Um, I sold that company to Bungie, the commodities firm. Mm -hmm. And then, um, shortly thereafter became the global head of carbon origination and finance for standard bank out of South Africa. Uh, and then in 2012, I, uh, I left the carbon markets, promised myself never to go back. Um, (laughs) one of the problems with the carbon markets is that, um, price and scarcity is a function of political will. And we can talk about that in the future, but, uh, Anyway, um, I was um, in 2000, well, 2018, we were approached by the Singapore government, uh, specifically Enterprise Singapore, to build uh, a digital carbon exchange in, uh, in Singapore. And so here we are three years later, operating and doing well.
0: That's excellent. And um, yes, you're always pulled back into the carbon world. Well, I, you know, right. I think it's when uh, the world sees a true expert on a topic, they're, especially one that's as important and growing as this one, they're going to find a way to pull you back, Bill. So tell me more about what you guys are doing at the Air Carbon Exchange.
1: Well, when we, um, we looked at the market three years ago, we, we came up with a very simple concept, um, which is to bring traditional commodities architecture to the carbon markets. And sort of the best way to explain that is through a very sort of hokey analogy that I, that I always bring up. Um, if you look at traditional commodities, the commodity itself sits in a warehouse and what trades on the exchange are digital receipts that point to the commodity that's in the warehouse. The way the carbon markets trade is completely opposite to that, more closer to you know, sailboats, for example. Mm-hmm. If you were to buy a carbon credit, it's mostly an over-the-counter market. And you buy carbon credits by having an in-depth discussion about the underlying carbon credit. Where was it, mm-hmm. where was the sa- where did the savings happen? What kind of a project is it? What registry? What vintage, et cetera, et cetera. And that's Im- it's impossible to scale a market that way. It would be the equivalent of basically trading soybeans on a truck by truck basis, right? Driving Mm -hmm. a truck around Chicago looking for a buyer. You can't scale a market that way. So that's what we've created for the carbon markets.
0: So you've made it so that it's basically like a like for like market. It's easier for someone to just say, I want to buy a carbon credit. I don't really want to care. I don't care where it's where it is or what it is. Just buying a carbon credit.
1: Well, the idea is that instead of having a warehouse, um, what we have is a, a trust, and we define the kind of carbon credits that are eligible in each individual trust, right? So there may be someone that wants to buy carbon credits that are generated by forestry projects, and they must be of a specific quality and have a specific sort of uh, um, sort of level of, of of diligence around it. And so what we do is we create a trust. And if you have a carbon credit that you want to sell that fits into that, into that basket, then you put it into the trust and you can trade and buy into it very quickly, mm-hmm. right? That's very important because th- there's literally trillions of dollars in the hedge fund industry that's sitting there and saying, how do we go along this asset class? Yeah, because right? everybody knows that we're going into a carbon constrained world, but how do you invest in carbon? And today, the only way to do it is on a project by project basis. And that's mm-hmm. that makes it impossible for large hedge funds, for example, to to deploy money. Uh, so, so that's a really no interesting
0: That's a really interesting point. Um, so I'm curious, just so I understand. Sometimes a business would have to perhaps invest in or aims, aim to invest in a carbon credit linked specifically to a, a form of carbon, I guess, storage in a way related to specific industries. Basically, is that what you're saying? So like if it's a timber related thing, there may be something there. If, well, if it's agriculture related, it may be that. If it's Yeah, it might yeah. be
1: geography, it might be, you know, you want a carbon credit from a specific geography, Okay. Um, you know, but you don't need to have a million different carbon credits, you can box them into baskets and that can unlock a lot of capital. And mm-hmm. if you if you unlock speculative capital, what that does is it'll create price pressure on, on the on, on carbon credits. Price of carbon goes up, that means more, more money will be invested in, in carbon mitigating activities, because they know that they will be able to, you know, sell the, the, the resulting carbon credits at a, at a high price in the market. Yeah.
0: Well, so I can see the complexity there. And I and I love the fact that you guys are obviously trying to make it uh, more scalable, that will actually allow it to be more, much, much more efficient as an asset class. Um, tell me a little bit more about what's happening in the broader carbon marketplace right now. I mean, what are some of the, the big trends that you're seeing? Well, I think the, the,
1: biggest, the biggest trend, and, and we all see it, is um, that not a day goes by that another large corporate doesn't announce that they're going to be carbon neutral, carbon negative, net zero, or one of these. And all that means is I'm going to buy carbon credits. Mm-hmm. That's, that's literally all it means because companies can reduce their carbon emissions up to a point, but yeah. after that point, they can't do it within their own infrastructure. So if you think of, I don't know, um, any company, Ford, um, yeah. you know, at, Amazon. They, they, can, yeah. they can put in all the efficiencies they want, but at a certain point they have a carbon footprint they need to offset. And so that means they have to go out in the market and buy carbon credits so that the, the, the sum of their carbon footprint is net zero. Um, and, and so you know it's 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 just painfully obvious. What's crazy is, and, and this is this is underreported. Um, if you look at uh, one of our contracts, for example, our global nature contract, at the beginning of the year it was trading at $1.50 a ton. Mm-hmm. It's currently at $15 a ton. I mean, it it makes Bitcoin look, you know, pretty pale <laughs> in comparison. It's it's a it's a huge jump. It's a it's a it's an excellent performing asset.
0: Do you think that people outside of the larger institutions have any idea of how to invest in something like this?
1: I mean, well, that's what happens, right? I mean, yeah. um, I'm I'm sure that there's some very smart people in these large institutions, and they. You know they—they're they, making
0: a lot of money. <laughs>
1: they're, well, they—they they have to. You know, they—they—they they, they know we're moving into a carbon-constrained world. They—they they grab some analyst and say, "Go find out how we can go along this this asset class." And the person comes back and reports that, "Well, you've got to buy a forest in, you know, in the Amazon, and there are all these risks, and you know, there's government risk, there's this risk, there's that risk, and." Um, and, and so they, they turn their back on it. So that's what we're trying to get rid of, that, that friction, that barrier to entry. So that someone can say, I wanna go long forestry projects. They can just buy an asset, they're long the asset class. There's a tradable bid offer on, on, on screen. Um, so there's clearly that brings the ability to do mark to market and other types of activities.
0: So tell me, Bill, You know, we've been in this lovely pandemic, pseudo lockdown, moments of freedom stage of our lives. And uh, now we seem to be living with this new variant, Omicron. Tell me more about how that has impacted your business uh, and perhaps offered growth or operational challenges.
1: I think it's it's been interesting, actually fascinating on, on many fronts. Um, one of the things that so that the, the sort of history of the carbon markets that so you had the Kyoto Protocol and, you know, all that other good stuff. And then we had this thing in 2008, which was the global financial crisis. And that destroyed the carbon markets because right. basically governments around the world said, well, climate change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can't afford it. We've yeah. got this. We've got we this. Still, yeah, we problem. have to
0: get our economies just going again. Right. Exactly.
1: And. What's really interesting is that this pandemic has been the equivalent of a global financial crisis. However, climate change—we're actually coming out of this pandemic, maybe <laughs> a little bit stronger than when we first came into it. Right. Um, so people are turning to clean energy, you know, carbon trading as a solution to get out of 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 this. Uh, of of this sort of economic malaise that's caused by COVID, um, and not as a as a unaffordable type of uh, uh, of, of a nice to have type of thing. Um, so it's it's been that's been super interesting. Um, the other thing that's been great is this these Zoom calls and and uh, you know Microsoft Teams and all this stuff. We've we've all sort of learned to interact um, remotely. And, and that has, in my mind, increased, at least it's increased my quality of life. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's taken me off off planes as much as I, even though I, I did travel significantly last year, but nothing compared to my usual.
0: Yeah, I try to be as good as I can be in terms of my own carbon footprint. Uh, I'm a bit of a you know, probably classic child of a Scandinavian where I, I, you know, I don't even, I don't drive a car. I don't have a car, but oh my God, do I fly in a lot of planes? And, (laughs) and I know that that clearly off, you know, is a huge, huge issue from a personal contribution to carbon. I mean, what do you recommend for people like me on how we deal with that?
1: Um, well, you know, I mean, you, you, I I think the first thing you need to do is become conscious of it. Right. Um, I think I, prior to this whole COVID, um, thing, I, I think I, I jumped on airplanes a little too quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and now, you know, that, that I'm convinced that we can do a lot of business, uh, remotely, um, you know, I've, I've reduced the amount of travel significantly, um, and then what you need to do is, you know, offset your, your emissions, um, mm-hmm. you know, calculate them and offset them. There are some good, there are some good uh, companies out there. Um, there are others that are just dismal and, and are out there to, to make a buck. Um, you know, you have to sort of um, be careful because there's, because of this opacity that we're trying to destroy in the market, People are able to mark up carbon credits, you know, five times their actual price hmm. and sell it, sell it to sort of consumers that are, um, that are unaware of, of the true cost of offsetting.
0: Well, Bill, I hope you can help us with getting more transparency, certainly from, a, from an asset class perspective. Tell me a little bit about how you're imagining next year going to look for this market.
1: Uh, it's, it's basically doubling every year. Um, this, this, this market's gonna just, um, you know, everybody's talking about carbon prices in the 50 to hundred range. Uh, we went from less than a dollar to $15 this year. Um, we'll probably close the year closer to 30 than to 15. Um, and so the, the, you know, the markets, the markets are gonna, are gonna definitely rally all throughout the year. Uh, there's going to be significant investment in more carbon mitigating activities. Mm-hmm. Um, for us personally, we're uh, we're opening the exchange in Rio, uh, so we'll have a we'll have a footprint in in Latin America. We we're we will open the exchange in Abu Dhabi as well, so we'll have um, a uh, a footprint in the Middle East. So that'll complement the exchange in Singapore. Um, and then we, we have plans which are, may or may not actually gel during 2022 to open up in Africa.
0: Wow. Well, Bill, it's been amazing hearing what you guys are doing. And clearly, you are at the center of this discussion on how we build the sustainable future. If someone wanted to learn more about what you guys are doing with the Air Carbon Exchange, where would somebody find you?
1: Well, uh, Air Carbon dot co is, uh, is, is the website. And uh, yeah, that, that would be the, the best place to start.
0: Well, we have been speaking with, with Bill Pazos. He's the co-founder and managing director of Air Carbon, which is a frictionless carbon exchange offering the lowest fees in the industry and an architecture which will allow the carbon market to expand efficiently and fulfill its true potential in helping the world meet net zero. Bill has been educating us all on what's happening in the world of carbon. And I'm realizing that this is probably one of the most important growth areas of any for anyone to be thinking about it and considering, and certainly something that every business has to get their head around. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Bill, and we look forward to having you back. Thank you. My pleasure. Cheers. Cheers.